This is Two Balls, One Basket with Jordan Alfasa. Welcome back to another episode of the Two Balls, One Basket podcast, a podcast of the Playbook Sports Network. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at our new at PlaybookSN and to visit our website, myplaybookie.com. As always, I'm your host, Jordan, and with me today is contributor for the Playbook Sports Network, Brandon John. What's up? What's up? All right, Brandon. I know you're a closet Raptor fan, but you know, the heat play tomorrow. <laughs> so we're gonna we're gonna get into that a little bit. That's okay with me. All right. So I know you're very analytical, which is why I wanted you on for this one. I think it'll do real well. Let's start right now with the Heat didn't make many offseason moves. Where do you see the Heat going this year? Um, it's tough. So the East obviously does look a little bit stronger with a lot of the other teams, you know, picking up guys here and there to kind of bolster their rosters. Um, but I still see the team, I still see Miami being a, a team that finishes in that two to six range, like just being in that mix, depending on how other teams' uh, injuries go, how Miami's injuries go. But I feel like this team is set up to compete every game, no matter, no matter who is in the lineup. Uh, which is good and which is something that they're used to doing. So I think that they'll be competitive throughout the season. So I could see them in that two to two to six kind of mix. I could see them in the two to six mix. That's a real good um, way to put it. I have them as one of those four seeds that nobody wants to play. They're going to be that guy like, okay, you know, you're the five seed. You're like, oh shit. Or you go to the second round and be like, oh my God, we got to play the heat right now. And yeah. That's, you know, that's how the Heat always have been. They're always that one team that's not always uber talented, but they're super gritty. They work their asses off. They defend. They get after it. And I think the team construction shows that. And I think Spolstra as a coach portrays that. Yeah, I think Spo Spo really, really has his identity on this team, which is nice to see. I'm really curious to see how it looks on offense. Um, you know, since they're not going to have too many, too many bigs to play with. Um, but I really like what they do when they do play small, smaller with like Jimmy or Caleb at the four. They have a lot of uh, offensive punch that they can get to. Now you brought up playing big and the Heat really don't have too many bigs. You know, they have Bam Adebayo, obviously, who's always going to be on the floor. And then they have Omer Yurtsevin and Dwayne Dedman. How do you think they can match up with teams like a Milwaukee that's going to throw Giannis and Brooke Lopez out and they're going to throw with Cleveland? They got Jared Allen and Evan Mobley. How do you think the Heat can match up with them? So I think I think Spo is going to try when we do see those bigger teams. I think he's going to try the Bam Yurt stuff just a bit just to see what it what it can do and how how your handles playing with uh, bigger, bigger guys. Um, but I think ultimately what it's going to come down to and what Spo likes to default to is playing a, a smaller a smaller pace and doing a lot more trapping and blitzing um, to kind of make the big teams feel uncomfortable since, since, that, since that's not something that they're too used to doing. Um, I would like to see if that carries over onto offense and that they can spread out teams a little bit more and play a little faster. We know the Heat like to be a slower paced team. But when you're playing smaller, I think against bigger teams, you need to really kind of ramp that up a bit just to get a couple easier possessions for for Jimmy, especially. So I found out today that the Heat, they ranked like 
20 or something in pace. And that really shocked me with Kyle Lowry and all that. Yeah. But um, yeah, when, when Kyle came, we, we kind of thought that this pace was going to pick up our pace. Didn't really pick up. It did for like those first couple of weeks where it looked really good. Um, and it kind of slowed, slowed back down, but what they did maintain, they did kind of keep one of the more efficient transition offenses. So when they did choose to go and run in transition, they were good at it. It's just, we didn't see it happen as often as I think they, sh- they could and should do this year. I think when we see those bam yurt lineups, I feel like they're going to try to pick up the pace, but I don't think it's going to work. And it's not at the fault of, you know, bam, I think it's just yurt. Like that's not the type of player he is. I feel like, he is more of the, you know, catch it in the low post, back you down, back to the basket kind of player. When With Bam being the guy that can bring the ball down, Bam can outrun pretty much anybody on the court. But that brings up another good point. If we're going to run with fast pace and we have Caleb Martin as our starting four so far, so how do you think he slides in there and picks up where P.J. Tucker left off? Because I feel like P.J. Tucker, you know, super talented dude you know he's a very good defender very gritty very in your face but you have caleb martin who's this quick fast slasher he back cuts he finds the open man and he can defend any position probably not the five but how do you think caleb martin slides into that pj tucker role i think i think caleb slides in quite nicely um the one thing we'll have to keep a watch on is to see if his shot like keeps keeps falling he shot well last year so if he can keep that up i think that really opens things up for this heat team just having a guy who can shoot from the perimeter from anywhere like pj was more of a corner guy but if you have someone like caleb who could shoot above the break and this year it looks like he's looking to really attack those gaps when he does have them which is something that the heat have kind of lacked outside of really jimmy and bam um if we can get that from a guy like caleb i think that would be really good to see for this heat offense and can help out a lot uh defensively i think you're going to see a lot of what we saw with pj like a lot of switching still they'd like to switch pj onto the onto the point of attack a lot and i think caleb can can do that just as well as pj this year because pj as we know is going to be a little bit older so when you think of caleb martin you don't immediately think offense you think you know athleticism you think quick but I'm really excited to see how much of a leap the Heat's offense takes this year with him sliding into a bigger role because now you're going to have Tyler Hero slide into that starting lineup and you know he's uber talented with his offense. You know Jimmy Butler can do what he does. Bam out of bio, if he can take between 15 to 18 shots, I'm not opposed to him taking 20 shots a game. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's exactly right. So I, I think I think we could see some real, real fun stuff this year, especially, you know, Tyler coming as a starter. He gave us a, a big offensive punch last year coming off the bench, but it'd be nice to see that from the get go right from tip off this year. Um, I'm interested to see what even he he will bring um, in an off ball role or maybe not the best players always on him. Um, so maybe we can get more of his catch and sh- shoot opportunities there for him. And I think Caleb is a nice, like, kind of glue guy, kind of like PJ that can just kind of, you know, like you were saying, fill in, fill in what he needs to be cut when, when the opportunity is right and make the willing pass when, when it's, when it's right to do so. So now I want to talk about what the fans, like, you know, we're all on Twitter. You and I are also very prevalent on Twitter and the consensus is, you know, the heat didn't make any moves 
they took a step back, they're doomed. Do you think they're doomed or do you think like this roster is fine? I think the roster as it is now is fine for like, I don't think there was many opportunities to improve in the way that we wanted them to improve in the off season. Um, and with that being said, I think you bank on your internal growth and you bank on having some, uh, some chemistry carry over from the previous year. I don't think everything's kind of doomed. I think, losing PJ actually kind of opens up things for us in ways that we couldn't last year. So I'm interested to see how that plays out. Um, and yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that this team was any worse than it was last year. It does hurt knowing that um, Victor's still kind of dealing with some knee issues on his other knee. Like we just found that out today. Um, I was really hoping to see what he can do. So hopefully that, that doesn't you know, linger throughout the year and something that could be taken care of, but this team is far from doomed. Like they're nowhere near like the Kings or anything like that. They're still a contender in the East. And if everything, everything doesn't even need to break, right. Things just need to break. Not as badly as they did last year for them to be just as competitive. So you brought up a good point with Victor Oladipo and, you know, I know I'm not going to say anywhere here that you and I are doctors. We know exactly what the hell we're talking about, but is there any concern with Victor Oladipo? Cause it's like, you know, the Heat were saying, oh, our big move was signing a fully healthy Victor Oladipo. And then we hear all this stuff about from his trainers, how he had such a great offseason. He looks like him old self. And then, you know, the, the day before opening night, he's got knee tendonitis in the other leg from his previous injury. And now he's ruled out. So is, are you worried about it? Because I'm not necessarily worried. You know, I I was when I first saw the tweet and then I looked into it and then Zach also a member of playbook. He looked into it more and he sent us his like tendonitis is nothing that needs to be surgically repaired. Like he'll be fine. So yeah. Are, are you worried? I'm not super worried. I do. My only issue that comes with that is that I was kind of looking at Vic to kind of run, be the guy for that second unit. So I'm just, interested to see how Spo pivots his rotation to to keep to keep that bench unit kind of going um yeah tendonitis from what I know I'm not a doctor I don't I'm not <laughs> I'm not saying I am but from what I know is it's something that you just got to manage over time it's not yeah as you said not something that's need surgery or anything serious like that but it's just something that could you know flare up and time to time and just needs needs the proper rest and, and management to keep it going so as long as the heat have that under control I'm not super worried about it but I, I do think somewhere down the line, closer to the trade deadline, if one of these other guys haven't really taken a step like uh, Gabe, Shrews, or, or Duncan, then you might have to explore options to make sure that second unit just stays kind of humming. So today in our Heat um, Overlook spaces, Ray did mention that this was the first off uh, trade deadline this past one that we didn't make a move. And, you know, I was just so invested in this team that I didn't even really fucking notice that. That's true. Yeah. So is there like a certain package that you're keeping an eye out for that we're going to make a move at the trade deadline? Because I saw Greg was saying that he thinks that the Heat are going to look to make something similar to the 2020 package where we acquired Iguodala and Jake Crowder. Yeah, I could see something like that um, happening for the Heat. I could see them trying to explore things that will kind of incrementally uh, improve the team, but nothing like a major splash. I think they feel like they're close, but they don't want to ruin what they already have by moving too many pieces around. 
Um, but I could definitely see something something along those lines. Jay Crowder is still out there. They'll probably wait to see if he gets bought out. Um, and, you know, if they can find maybe now with the Vic news, some, you know, a guard that would come off the bench um, just to give a little scoring punch, that, that might not be bad to look into as well. But overall, yeah, I think it's going to be something that's going to be a little bit smaller and nothing too major, something exactly similar to that Iguodala, Jake Crowder trade that we saw a few years back. So here, let me, let me ask you, it's trade deadline. The Heat have one move to make. It's Jay Crowder or Harrison Barnes. Which one are you going for and why? That's tough. Um, Answer the damn question, Brandon. <laughs> um, let's see here. I'll probably... We kind of saw how the Jay Crowder thing goes. I love Jay Crowder. He was one of my favorites during that bubble run. Like You just brought a lot of that heat DNA. I personally would probably go Harrison Barnes just because of the offensive versatility he would bring. He does a lot of things that Miami already does. So I don't think, I think the fit will be kind of seamless in that way. My only question would be his defense. Um, he hasn't really had to play much of it with the Kings. So I would like to see how that translate in Miami. We do know when he was on a good team in Golden State, he was a fine defender. So it's a matter of seeing if he's just a little older now and he can't kind of move the way that he used to or if he just needs to be in the right situation for that to work i my thoughts is more of it's the latter that he just needs the right situation so i personally would probably lean towards harrison barnes i'm caught and i don't know how i'm caught because i'm the one that came up with this fucking question <laughs> i don't blame you though it's a tough one i think if that move presented itself i think pat riley is going to look at where the team is you know, if they're scoring with the best of them, I think they may go for the Jay Crowder uh, route. So that way, you know, you know, you can get that three point shooting if you need it. And then you're getting a gritty defender like you had in PJ Tucker. But yeah. the difference between Crowder and PJ Tucker is Crowder will look to score. Yeah, he's but, looking to shoot. Yeah, he's looking to shoot. But then, and, but he still defends. Harrison Barnes, I think if they have the same issue that they had in the playoffs this past year, where, you know, sometimes they would, go little uh, spurts where they would struggle to score. Mm -hmm. I think it's a no brainer. You need to go Harrison Barnes. Yeah. He just gives you a little bit more of like that comfort um, when the clock's running down and it's another guy you could kind of throw it to and kind of see what he can provide and, and make a play. Um, Jay, not as much so, um, but as you said, yeah, Jay, Jay is a great fit defensively for this team. And he is a, he is a guy that will stretch the defense enough to make them be honest. We'd like to tell you about one of our sponsors here at the Playbook Sports Network, and that is Inclusion Brand Bourbon Whiskey. Every now and then, a truly unique flavor is born, and with it comes a story that captures the essence of what it delivers in every single pour. Inclusion Brand Bourbon Whiskey is proud to deliver a Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey that is 92 proofs of delightful, savoring smoothness. Our story is one of culture, a belief that everyone should belong. Our passion is to demonstrate that no matter what your backgrounds are, you can create, share, and be part of something special. And we are showing the world today that we belong. Backed by tradition, blended in culture, further unifying a world where we can all share a drink and truly be included. Include me. We'd like to tell you about another sponsor here at the Playbook Sports Network, and that is Sneaker Pads. Sneaker Pads is a shoe company that will sell trade, and buy your shoes to and from you. 
with hundreds of shoe options to choose from, such as Yeezys, Jordans, Dunks, and designer shorts, Sneaker Pads is your go-to shopping and retail brand. Need some extra cash? They will appraise your shoes and maybe buy them. Looking to trade shoes for shoes? Then Sneaker Pads is the move for you. I've been a buyer of theirs for years, and I will always come away feeling great about my purchases. Sneaker Pads operates in Broward County, Miami-Dade County, and Palm Beach counties. They conduct their business with shipping and in-person exchanges. Mention the Playbook Sports Network at your purchase and reach out to Sneaker Pads on Instagram at Sneaker Pads. And yes, that is two S's at the end. Remember, with Sneaker Pads, bills are temporary, but drip is forever. So now let's get into four players off our bench. And I want you to give me your little breakdown of how you think the season goes for them. So we'll start with Duncan Robinson. Oh, that's going to be a tough one for Duncan this year. I think he's going to be in a position where he's going to kind of have to prove himself every night. Like I think in the years before Duncan was kind of given the starter role. So we could, he got some minutes to kind of see if his shot was going, if he was going to defend without fouling. So I, I think this year we're going to see a shorter leash with that. But I'm intrigued to see what I saw in preseason was when his shot wasn't falling, he was doing some of the other things, taking a couple of dribbles, getting to the rim, um, getting inside, taking a couple of mid-range. So if you can continue to do that type of stuff, I think he finds himself a, a nice spot on the rotation. Yeah, Duncan made me real happy in the preseason. My thing with Duncan was, you know, if you watched him in Sioux Falls before we even picked him up, the guy was crossing over, dunking on people. And it was like, where the fuck did this guy go? Yeah, it just vanished. Like we we need that. <laughs> we definitely yeah, need that. So it shows major growth on his part, knowing that, you know, okay, people are gonna run him off the line because they know that he's one of the top five best shooters in the NBA. Mm-hmm. So him allowing himself and proving that he can do that, it's very positive for me. So I'm I think Duncan has a real good year. And I think, you know, he mentioned that it was all in his head. You know, he's like, I used to, I would watch tape and I'm like, I don't even recognize the guy shooting the ball. He's like the form didn't look the same, which I also said, I said, when Duncan's form is perfect, the ball is going in every single yeah. time. So I'm really excited that. about Duncan. Yeah. And he seems like he, yeah, a weight has been lifted off kind of like the contract. He had the contract weight on him last year. I think he's kind of seen the worst end of that. And I think he's going to be playing a, a lot more free this year with less expectation. So next let's get into the other white boy shooter, Max Struess. Struess is kind of similar things that I see with Duncan, except I'm curious to see if Struess can carve his way into a a major, maybe even a closer role or a starter role. Um, Lineups with like him and Jimmy together and Jimmy at the four or whatever. If he, Jimmy doesn't want to be called the four, then stress at the max at the four. Um, I like how that looks offensively a lot, especially if you have Tyler out there. And as Max played throughout the season, he got better defensively. And if you can continue to do that, I I could see him as a viable option in the lineup with Bam, Jimmy, Tyler, Kyle. Um, Yeah, Max. So I really want to see how that works out together. Same same thing with Duncan. I saw I want to see him do a couple more things when um, defenses really press up on him because they've seen what he's done, what he can do now, especially in the playoffs last year. He had some struggles in the playoffs at the end of the playoffs last year. So I want to see what he takes from that learning experience and brings it into this new season. 
The difference with Max and Duncan to me is Max, I think, is a better on-ball defender. I'm not saying he's a great on-ball defender, but he is far better than Duncan. But where yeah. Duncan has the edge is Duncan, I think, plays the passing lanes a lot better. And people don't give him credit for that. You know, Duncan, really, yeah, Dun- he's just Duncan's always in really the right long. place. Yeah, exactly. And Duncan's really long, too. So, like, yeah, exactly what you're saying. Like, he, he Duncan gets the team concepts really well. Like, he, he knows where to be. He's in the right spot. Max, Max is better on ball. And I, I remember, especially last year, it took him a little while to kind of get the team concept and play those lanes like Duncan did, which is why it took him a, a long time to start. So let's get into Gabe Vincent now. And this is a good one. Yeah, Gabe, Gabe is gonna have um Gabe's gonna have a good one. Um I think I think he's coming in as a backup point guard and it's clear cut, like he has no no other thing to really worry about. Um, I like how he plays defense. I wanna see more of that this year. I think he can continue that. His shot was inconsistent, but when it's going, it's going. It opens up a lot for the team. Um, I also want to see him get to the rim more because I think if I remember correctly, when he did get to the rim, he did finish well. He just didn't get there a, uh, a lot. So mm-hmm. if he can get there a little bit more and just open things up for the guys, even on the perimeter, just getting his foot in the lane, I think we could see a nice little step from Gabe and really solidify himself as a as a backup point guard borderline starter. I think I think if Gabe's shot is going, he's one of the best backup point guards in the league. Because, you know, like you said, the defense, the defense is always there. He's always going to hustle. He's always on the floor. He's always up in someone's shit. It's, he's annoying as shit, actually. Yeah, he got the shot up from Trey. Exactly. <laughs> just a yeah. mat. Oh, God, what he did to Trey Young. I, I didn't <laughs> want to pick Trey Young in fantasy just because of that, but I had to. <laughs> yeah, it sours you on, on these guys. No, it's it's right. Like, um. Gabe, Gabe can really can really do that. And we're going to see times where we expect Kyle to miss some time. So Gabe's going to be the guy to step up and be the starter in certain moments. And he did well last year doing that. And I hope to see that continue this year. Yeah, I think Gabe's going to have a real good year. And, he, you know, he's had that full year with Kyle Lowry now. We all And you as a Raptor fan, yeah, you're a Raptor <laughs> fan. You know how that Van Vliet and Lowry relationship ended up being real good for Van Vliet? And I think the same thing is going to happen for Gabe Vincent. I don't think Gabe Vincent is is as offensively talented as Fred Van Vliet is. But, you know, Gabe Vincent pretty much does everything that Kyle Lowry does. Exactly. And that's, and that's basically what we need from him for this team. Um, so I'm excited to see that continue and blossom. Now, the last one is my favorite. Nikola Jovic. And we've heard that, you know, he's not going to really play at all. He's more of a a developmental piece, but then he plays in the preseason and he shows out. So do you think there's a role for him? And how do you think that role goes? I think we were talking about when we were talking about the big lineups earlier, I think this is an option that Spo can go to whether or not he gets comfortable enough with it this year or not um, remains to be seen, but I really like what Jovic can do. He can also bring up the ball. Um, he likes bringing up the ball. He brings it up in a different way than Bam does. Um, he can see the floor for a big guy. He could shoot the ball. Our only really worry with him is on the defensive end, but he looks to be smart, which is really good and really hard for a young guy to be. Um, so if he has all those tools, I would really like to see if he can crack his way into the rotation somehow and just get some minutes, even maybe as a backup five while Yurt is hurt right now. Um, 
just to see what he can really do um, in, in games that matter. Um, I think that's the one question that we have for him, but what he can bring and what his potential is, is really intriguing to see. My thing was when we drafted Nikola Jovic, I had no idea who he was. You know, I, that's how it always goes. I didn't know who Bam was. I didn't know who Tyler was, but I go, I watch like six highlight videos. And I knew from the second we drafted him that this team was shifting from that defensive identity and they're trying to score. Yeah. And, you know, Jovic has showed he can shoot from anywhere. He could take you off the dribble. My thing with him is I think he's a better defender than he gets credit for. And it's not his lateral quickness. I think it's more of just his hands. He has very active hands and he's so long that it helps him out. It's the same thing with Duncan. Yeah. No, exactly. And I think um, him playing overseas before coming over here too helps because getting down some of those team concepts, um, I think is easier for him since he's already kind of played at that professional uh, level. Um, So I think we're seeing him pick up on things quicker than we expected kind of because of that. So does this mean that all along we've had the perfect fit next to Bam? Oh, man, we might have. We might have just had him in our back closet. I'm so excited for Jovic. I really hope he gets a shot because, you know, I'm going to be at the game Friday and I will fucking scream for Jovic if I can. (laughs) I'll try to hear you. Oh, you will hear me. Trust me. (laughs) So now let's get into the season opener tomorrow. Tomorrow, the Miami Heat open up at home against the Chicago Bulls. How do you think this goes? Because the Bulls are without Lonzo Ball. Zach Levine is questionable. Because I guess he had knee surgery this offseason. I had no idea that happened. Yeah, I think it was just a little cleanup or something. So how do you think this game goes? Uh, I expect a strong showing from Miami. Um, I really think they're going to come out hard and really try to show um, that defense hasn't really lost a step. I know we all kind of are kind of questioning whether it's still there um, with the loss of PJ. But I think they're going to be out there determined to kind of put the kind of put themselves on the map uh, a little bit with this with the home opener um i'm really looking to see how tyler integrates with the starters i'm really excited to see that like like i said earlier um him playing off ball can be really beneficial beneficial to him i think it'll help him um find some more easy threes and as well it helps him with attacking closeouts he's really good at doing that getting into the paint um with his floaters and finding bam like that's something we haven't talked too much about in this podcast, but the Tyler and Bam connection, I really am looking forward to seeing that take formation uh, tomorrow. Let's get into that a little bit. That I would, you know, that's so funny because I, my friend Joe is a Sixer fan, and we were talking about the difference between Tyrese Maxi and Tyler Hero, and I was telling him how the Maxi and B duo isn't as crucial as the Hero Bam. Uh, duo is and that's because Joel Embiid is so ball dominant that it takes away from Maxi having the ball but Bam defers to ball dominant guards and that's why he's so good in the pick and roll and that's why he's so good at these lobs do you agree with that or is there anything else you see being the analytical genius you are <laughs> no genius um but no no I agree with the, I agree with you 100 percent and um the other thing too is when Harris coming off the pick, he's a lot more creative at this point than Maxi is in my eyes. Um, he's been able to hit some nice skip passes. He struggled with the trap a bit, but you see sometimes he's able to drag the trap out and make the right make the right read and the right pass. Um, and there's a couple games last year where when Tyler and Bam had to be the ones creating, um, Tyler had some beautiful lobs to Bam. So 
I think he's really dynamic in that pick and roll. He's also a threat to shoot off the pick and roll. He has really good feet work, footwork um, to get into his shot, mid-range or three. Um, so I, seeing that grow is something that I just don't see the same type of skill set in Maxi. So I want to get back to the Bulls now. So there is an interesting stat that Greg Sylvander put out. It says, entering opening night, Miami has recorded a 15-7 and all-time record when opening the season at home, including seven straight wins, which is the third longest active streak in the NBA. Wow. So reading that, heat by 50. <laughs> put it in the books. Nah, but I think we're going to see. I really don't think Jimmy's going to have that great of a game. And I think this game is going to be completely won by the future of the organization and hero and bam. I have a feeling they're both going for 25 plus, And I think Lowry is going to show a lot of people that, you know, you guys paid me a lot of money and I'm here and we're going to win a championship. Yeah, I think that's right. I think Jimmy's going to take a slow kind of, He's going to take his time warming up into the season. I don't think we're going to see him fully exert himself much, if, if at all, and only maybe in, in big games or when really needed. I think this year is all about seeing what Hero and um, what Bam could bring to the table as your lead guys. And yeah, Kyle has a chip on his shoulder. Kyle has something to prove. Kyle, Kyle's heard how he's lost a step and all of that. So I think he's going to want to come out and show that he still got it. He can still be the uh, one of the leaders for this team. Yeah, I think you have it right. And now I want to get into one more thing before we close. Tyler Hero last year easily should have been an all-star. <laughs> what are the chances that he's an all-star this year? And I don't think Jimmy Butler is going to be an all-star. I think he's going to take a step back. And he's going to make sure that Bam Adebayo and Tyler Hero are both all-stars. Well, if Jimmy's not going to be an all-star, then that that for sure opens the gate for um, Tyler Hero. I think for Tyler to be an all-star, this team needs to be in the top four seed around the voting time. And he needs to be averaging around 23, 5, and 5, which I think is very he's very capable of. Um, might sound crazy, but I, I'm not... I wouldn't be shocked at all if that's what he he finished with at the all-star break. Um, yeah, that would be the path for him. The East does have a lot more talent this year than in previous years, so it will be harder. You know, Harden's looking a bit healthier. You're going to have Donovan coming over from the West and guys like that. So he will have competition at the guard spot. But if he can show out and kind of put that line together and the Heat have a top three, top four record going into the all-star break, I think the Heat can get two all-stars for sure so i'm excited you know the 35th season of miami heat basketball the road to the fourth larry o'brien trophy and i'm glad that i got to do it with you so that's all i've got for tonight is there anything you want to say before i let you go um no i think we covered covered it all i just oh i just want to the last thing i want to see sorry um is Bam's defense. He hasn't gotten his defensive player of the year yet, and he should have last year. So I'm expecting this year to, to see him a really, really hungry on the defensive end, switching all over the place, but also kind of getting those defensive stats that you don't usually see from him all the time just because he's playing good defense and not, you know, chasing stats. But I think this year you kind of see him put it together so that the voters out there can kind of finally see that he is the best defender in the league. 
I love that. I'm here for it, and I will be taking that in Vegas. <laughs> me too. Me too. Like no joke. <laughs> <laughs> so I want everyone make sure you go follow us at Playbook SN and give uh, Brandon a follow at BJ93 underscore. Brandon, it's always a pleasure. Uh, always glad to be here. All right, my boy. I'll catch you soon. Yeah. Take care.